from the red and black, this is the front page. It's Monday, June 1st. On today's episode, we're introducing the Minority Report, a series highlighting minority student voices as they reflect on injustices, protests, and other current events affecting their communities. On today's edition of the Minority Report, we talk with our news assistant, Gabriella Miranda. Gabriella has been reporting on recent issues affecting the Black community in America over the past few weeks, covering deaths from Ahmed Aubrey to George Floyd. For today's episode, she spoke with a member of the Black community at UGA to reflect on these deaths and what it means for them as a community. Here's Gabriella with the story. Over the last few weeks, there have been recent murders affecting the Black community, such as the death of a Minneapolis Black man, George Floyd. His death evoked protests in Atlanta in the past three nights and in Athens yesterday, as well as cities across the country. I talked with Chantelle Pace, a graduate student at UGA, and she's also the founder of The Healing Circle, a support group for Black women. And she shared with us her thoughts on how racism affects mental health and her own experience as a Black student. So I grew up in Birmingham, Alabama, which for me is the heart of the civil rights movement. So I was exposed to racism at a very young age. Race has always been a topic of conversation in my family because I come from an interracial family. So my mom is Guamanian and my dad's black. And so I remember in the fourth grade going to the 16th Street Baptist Church where the four little girls were murdered by white supremacists. They take you back there um, where they were, you know, putting on their choir robes for Sunday morning. And then the sister who was still alive came and talked to us about her experience of having a sister who was murdered by white supremacists. And so I think my level of awakening happened at a very young age. And so going to predominantly black elementary school and middle school with amazing black teachers who really taught me my history only further ignited my passion to wanting to do something. And so I study racial trauma because I consider myself a healer of my community. And so racism isn't a problem for black folks. It is a problem for the people that have created it. And so my duty and my obligation is to ensure that my people are healed so that I could they could sustain the fight that they're fighting. Pace is a counseling psychology major at UGA, and while growing up black in America, she's experienced a lot of her research firsthand. I think a lot of times when you are a minority at a predominantly white space, these things happen to you, and the first thing that you feel is crazy. So if you experience these microaggressions, you experience this covert side of racism, where you are left staying up all night, you may have headaches. So for me, I get like massive migraines when I experience uh, race-based experiences. And so my studies and my education here at UGA have helped me put a name to those experiences. And I did not realize how powerful it was to name like that is a microaggression and microaggression equates to race-related stress. So because you are experiencing race-related stress, you get somatic symptoms. Like you get a headache, your heartbeat starts running faster, you may have anxiety, your stomach hurts or your back hurts or you say you're tired a lot. And so being able to see my experience in research and in curriculum has been so helpful because it gives me the tools to navigate it. Um, And so at Full Circle, of like having as a healer to do things for my community. It's like when I see clients 
that are black and brown, I'm able to help them name their experiences and provide them with tools to navigate those things. George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmed Arbery, these are the names of black individuals whose deaths have gotten coverage nationally. In what way have you seen their deaths and these injustices affect your community? So I think what I have seen and what I have personal experience is that black and brown bodies are terrorized by society through policies and through other different things. But this one kind of hit different because we are dealing with racial trauma on top of a collective trauma of COVID-19. And just the constant media consumption of just black bodies being terrorized and harassed impacts your mental health, and I would argue even impacts your physical health, because you are literally watching your existence being reduced to a hashtag and having to constantly explain your humanity to people on social media who don't get it, who don't understand history, and don't realize the devastating implications and impact of racism is beyond exhausting. I didn't watch the video of George Floyd because I, I knew that I would go to a place that wasn't nice. And so I'm watching my community collectively grieve while also having to compartmentalize that grief in order to fight for basic human rights. In what ways can UGA support its Black community through the trauma of current events? So for one, I think that what they need right now is that they need to know that their university is on the same side. So if the president or somebody from the department or professors that know them or organization leaders could reach out and just check in with their black students, I think that shows caring and it's affirming and it's validating that people see you. And they may not understand your experience, but being seen is important. I also think that, you know, in August what students need is more mental health access, more programs aligned with being what it means to be a person of color navigating a predominantly white institution, but not just a person of color, but like what does it mean to have other intersecting identities? Like especially for black women right now, because I am a black woman, is like what does it mean when you see that black men have garnered more attention than the deaths of black women? Just having spaces where black students process and debrief and grieve and get tools and strategies on how to just navigate life because the thing is these events these moments are happening but once it stops like racism doesn't stop they're still going to be experiencing racism in Athens they're still going to be experiencing racism in their classrooms they're still going to be the only one or two folks in their classroom and what does that mean and I think you know come August hopefully everybody will be on the same page of critically analyzing what it means to be a student that has been historically oppressed at a predominantly white institution. And just before we finish, is there anything else you'd like the listeners to hear? You know, we see you, we hear you, and not only do we see you and we hear you, like we're doing stuff to support you. And I think that's the key point that people miss. What are we actually doing to dismantle white supremacy and that there has to be action equated to the awareness? Like, we have to start, stop having conversations and we have to start doing. So my concept of it is the opposite of racist is anti-racist. You can't be neutral when it comes to racism or the conversations of racism. You're either, you know, on one side of the fence or the other. And to be anti-racist, it means that you're actively doing something to dismantle white supremacy. And that goes for everyone. Like, it's, I think it's a moment where we are called to pick a side. 
And that was The Front Page. The Front Page is a production of the Red and Black Publishing Company. This episode was co-produced by Kira Posey, Gabrielle Miranda, and Sherry Liang. The Front Page is sponsored by the Cox Institute for Journalism, Innovation, Management, and Leadership. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.